Amen. Isn't it good to have a faithful God that is with us through every season, whether it's the storm, whether it's the sunshine afterwards, the good days and the bad days, God is faithful to care for us through all of it. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, good morning, Fellowship Highcrest. Good morning. I am excited to be here with you today. My name is Jill Rice. I am the director of ministries here at our church. And man, when we first um, was diving into studying the scripture for today that Brel just read um, and preparing for it, I immediately started singing a children's song. Um, it's one that I grew up with in Sunday school and VBS, and we sing it a lot. Um, and maybe you know it. It's the wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rain came tumbling down. The rain came <laughs> and the floods came down. The rain came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up and the house on the rock stood firm. And if you're familiar with it, you know it goes on to tell you about the house that was built on the sand and the rains came and the floods came and that house went splat. It's a kid's song. <laughs> um, but the image of Jesus telling us to build our house on the rock instead of the sand is incredibly visual, right? It's really easy for us to relate to across time. I mean, more than 2,000 years later, we're still like, yeah, I get that. I know what that means. And if I'm honest with you, I'm okay with that because there are some parts of scripture that are just really hard, right? We have to figure out what do these places mean and these names and the historical context, and we have to dig really deep to really get it. Micah, anyone? You reading along in our reading plan in Micah? You know. But most of us, we've lived long enough to know that there are just some really hard storms for everybody. Sometimes those storms are like pop-up surprise storms, and we don't see them coming, and sometimes they are hurricanes, and we can see them for miles and miles away. But either way, we find ourselves asking, how am I going to make it through this one? What's it going to look like on the other side? Am I going to make it to the other side? Whether that's the endless sleepless nights with our kids, whether it's losing that person that we are the closest to. Maybe it's an identity crisis. Maybe you're wondering, where's my next meal coming from? Am I going to be able to support my family in this season? Maybe you're in a difficult situation where you know if you speak up and you say something, you could risk losing it all. We need to know that the foundation we build our lives on today is enough to weather the storms to carry us through to the other side. So what's life like on the rock so many of the songs that we sing and we talk about, they talk about life on the rock, from the children's song that we just sang, whether you knew it or not, um, to my firm foundation, or maybe Christ, the solid rock on which I stand. I could go on. Maybe you know some of these songs, you've got your own that you're thinking about. And while I was studying this passage, and these songs were coming to my head, I started asking myself, what is this rock or this firm foundation? And some of you might be saying, well, Jill, 
duh, is Jesus. Is <laughs> Jesus. And I understand that. I get it. Uh, it's not wrong. You, you're, you're right. <laughs> but what does it mean when I say Jesus is my rock and my firm foundation? Is it living the good life? What if I haven't lived a good life? And is this firm foundation something that I can't get? Is it what I think and know about Jesus? Is it my activity in his church? Is it how much I give on a Sunday? What, what is this firm foundation thing? What does it mean that it is Jesus? Well, in our text today, Jesus answers that question. He starts by saying a solid foundation is when we hear what he teaches and we follow them. The ESV version says, the wise man is the one that hears and does them. The story about the house and the foundations comes at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus has been telling his listeners, if you hear all of this and not only hear it, but do it, you're going to have a firm foundation. He's laid out in great detail what it means to be a Christ follower and the standard he calls us to live to in his kingdom. And it looks radically different. And it's upside down from what the world would tell us to do. You see, it's not, um, as Braille was telling us last week, it's not about doing all these things to get into the kingdom of heaven. It's once you're already a part of the God's family and you're a part of his kingdom, this is how you live out as a person that is God's child. In the Beatitudes, he gives us a glimpse of what these storms of life are going to look like. He says, you're going to be poor in spirit. You're going to mourn loss and brokenness. There's injustice. There's a deep need for mercy in your own life and for the lives of those around you. You're going to experience conflict and persecution. And he tells his audience that they're going to be blessed through all of that because he's with them. You see, whether you're in God's kingdom or not, whether you're a part of his family or not, you're going to experience the storms of life. But the difference is, is when you're living with Jesus, you get to experience it with the joy of his presence through it. And it makes all the difference. He also tells them, as you walk through the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, because I'm in you, and you're living through me, you're going to be salt and light to those around you. You're going to be salt to the dead and dying things in your life, and you're going to bring light to the darkest places. He said your relationships are going to be different. You're going to treat anger differently. You're going to treat your marriages differently. Your word is going to mean something different. You're not going to seek revenge. You're going to love your enemies. You're not going to seek wealth for your own good. You're going to give generously and sacrificially, not to get something out of it, not for recognition, not for power. You're going to do it because you've learned that you can depend and trust on God, that he's your source for all things. You're going to pray continuously, again, not because you're going to get something out of it, but because it's your connection to the God of the universe that calls you his child. I asked us at the top um, what a firm foundation is made of, and it's living out Jesus' teachings. But how do we do that? Well, first, we got to know what they are, right? 
We've got to be spending time in God's word so we can know what Jesus is teaching us so we can start living it out. We need a group of people around us that are doing the same thing so they can hold us accountable and they can encourage us along the way. It means that we are giving sacrificially, sacrificially so we can grow in our acknowledgement and dependence on who God is in our life. We're growing in our prayer life and how we treat others. You see, Jonathan shared last week a part of our three-year vision that we came up with coming out of strategic planning. And the very first goal on our three-year vision is that we want to see 70% of our body consistently studying the scriptures, consistently serving, and being sacrificially generous. The vision for our church is already that we would see 70% of our adults and teens plugged into biblical community. We have these goals and this vision not because they just sound good and they look good on paper, but because we know this is what a firm foundation looks like. It's how Jesus teaches us to live. We want to establish Jesus' teaching as the foundation we're building our lives on today so they'll be there with us through the storm and support us through to the other side. So what's life on the sand look like? The simple answer is our foundation, it becomes shaky and dangerous when we're not living out Jesus' teachings. You see, on Saturday, uh, we gathered here yesterday for our parent and caregiver meeting, and uh, we did an activity together called the Tree of Me. Uh, Ms. Trisha Sublett had given it to us as an activity to do, and I loved it. Um, we asked them to place on this Tree of Me um, the things that make up their life. On the roots, we asked them to put what feeds you and nourishes you and makes you happy. And on the trunk, we asked them, what's the biggest strength in your life? And on the branches, they got to give their experiences and they got to put leaves on there and fruit. What did they want to see the fruit of their life become? But the roots are really what got me. I said, another way to look at this would be, what makes up your foundation that the rest of your life is built on? What would you write as your roots? Our faith life needs multiple ways to live out, for us to live out what our tree or our life is so we can grow deep and become stable against life's storms. If we only have um, our connection to the church as our single root, that's how I live out my faith life. It's just, it's when I show up on Sundays, that's my faith life. When the storm comes, maybe the storm comes within your church. Things get pretty shaky pretty quick, right? When we only have what we believe and know about Jesus, if we experience a storm that makes us question his goodness, we miss the body of God, we miss a prayer life, we miss sacrificial generosity that can keep our roots planted. When we take any of these pieces away, we start to weaken our foundation in Jesus. When the foundation, foundation is weak, in the storm, it's easy for our whole life to just collapse. See, one of the most significant storms in my life, it happened about a year and a half ago. Um, some of you may remember, some of you are newer and you're like, I don't know the story, and that's okay, I'm gonna share it with you. My husband, Jay, he had an accidental overdose on antihistamine. If you didn't know you could do that, now you know. <laughs> 
the time, he also had this mental breakdown where his anxiety and stress levels had just built up over time and he couldn't handle it anymore. Kind of all happened at one time. And he spent some time in the hospital recovering from the overdose and he spent some time in Stormontville West just getting his mental and emotional life back to kind of a base zero where he could start building on that again. And we both have our pieces of the story, but I'm going to focus on mine for just a minute. Because when this happened, I needed every one of my roots in my tree to make it through that storm. I desperately needed my community group in those first few days and those first few hours, but I was absolutely terrified to tell them. I had done life with them for many years. For some of them, I had known them for several years and you know, considered them to be my family, but at the time, I was just like, I don't know what they're going to think. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, the enemy was really getting in there of like, I don't know if I can share this with these people. And that was some of the darkest moments for me because I was disconnected from my foundation. I was disconnected from the people that could really speak truth into my life. And Jonathan and Brill lovingly and graciously reminded me of what I needed to do. They encouraged me. They held me accountable. And as soon as I reached out to my community group, they were just, they were there. They were there to surround me with what Jay and I both needed in those moments. I also needed the truth of who God is and what he's done in my life. I needed those things that I had stored down deep within me in the moment of that crisis. I needed the lived experience that God provides in all seasons. I needed my prayer life. I even need the lived experience of how God expects us to interact with our enemies and how to deal with anger. Because some of our storms, man, they involve people that hurt us, right? Some of these roots I learned were a lot shorter than others. Some of them were not as long as I thought they were and didn't go down as deep as I needed them to. My tree looks a lot different a year and a half later on the other side of that storm. There are some scars on my tree. Jay and I's relationship looks different. It's good, but it's different. We look a lot different on the outside, but the foundation is the same. The things that carried us through are the same. The tree is still standing, and the house hasn't fallen down. The foundation that we built our lives on before the storm was enough to weather the storm and support us through to the other side. Maybe you're listening today and you're questioning your foundation. Perhaps you have some doubts about whether you can trust God's church, whether Jesus can be trusted, whether God is really good. I want you to know you're not alone. I'm not sure I really know a believer that hasn't walked through a season of doubt in their life and questioned those things. I also want to encourage you that we're going to have some resources for that coming up soon. In a couple of weeks, we're going to start a new series called Wander. It's a series on deconstructing our faith and how we can do it without losing it altogether. 
we're gonna look at doing it in a way that firms up our foundations. My favorite part of God's work in our lives is that it's never too late to go to him to build a firm foundation. It's never too late. The foundation, it begins with our faith in God. Like I said earlier, it's not all the things that you do. It's about realizing I need a savior in my life. I have tried to do life on my own. I've messed it up. I'm broken and it's not working. I need the perfect God of the universe that's full of love and mercy to change my status, to give me a new life and transform me from the inside out that I look completely different on the other side. When we do this, we make this decision to give our lives over to God, it's called stepping over the line of faith. And I'm gonna invite you to do that here in a moment. And we wanna know when you do it. We wanna know if you have questions about it. What does that mean? How do I really become a follower of Jesus? Is this the right time for me? Is this the right decision for me? We wanna be able to walk with you as you do that. And you can let us know by a couple of different ways. You can text CONNECT, that's the word C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to 785-432-4544. Or you can drop us a link in the chats. You can drop us a note in the chats or you can meet us at the connections table at the back after service. Any of those ways are fine. They all work great. But the point is, is that we wanna be able to walk alongside you in this journey. We don't expect you to have all the answers. We don't expect you to have to know what the next step is other than that you don't have to do it alone. Pray with me. Father, we come to you today. We just say we are beyond grateful that you don't make things complicated. That your desire for our lives is to be a part of your family, to be a part of your kingdom, to be adopted and co-heirs with your son, Jesus Christ and that we don't do any of that work on our own. I don't have to earn my way and my spot into your family, that you accept me just how I am, but by your grace and your mercy, you don't leave me that way. That your desire is to grow a firm foundation in our life where our roots go down deep. They're connected to who you are and your people they lead to a life transformed and one that weathers storms. God, we love you and we thank you for all these things in your name. Amen.